The second round is in full swing and the action increases from game to game. This is where the contenders are separated from the pretenders. To give you some skin in the game, DraftKings will be offering free-to-play pools every day of the basketball playoffs, offering players a free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes. That's up to $10,000 in total prizes up for grabs each day. The best part is that it's free-to-play. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to Pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's basketball games and track your results throughout the evening. Questions will range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code TBPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code TBPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. What's up, everybody? It's Miles Turner, the Indiana Pacers. You're listening to the Pace Rules Podcast. Be sure to follow at Pace Rules on Twitter. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pace Rules Podcast, the only Australian NBA podcast with a bias toward the Indiana Pacers. Coming to you with a bit of an emergency pod. We did not expect this news to come this offseason, really at all. We thought that the opportunity to make a move on a coach had passed already, but Lo and behold, I woke up this morning at about 6.30 a.m. Australian time to uh, a tweet from Woj, of course, who breaks all the uh, the Pacers news these days. But the Pacers have fired coach Nate Bjorkren after one season, finishing 34 and 38, ninth in the Eastern Conference. Um, a lot of criticism criticism leveled at Nate Bjorkren over the course of the season, Um a lot of articles came out about the way that he treated players and staff, about the way that he was in front of the camera versus behind closed doors, uh, the frustrations of the team, the frustrations of Kevin Pritchard. And it all came to a head today with him being let go after one season coaching at the top level of NBA basketball. It's a bit of a sad situation. Um, Alex, it's just you and I today. Justin's off uh, mourning Nate Bjorkren's coaching career, but um, it was a bit of a shock. Well, Justin might be on a flight to Indiana as we speak to interview for the coaching job, the way things are going. So, (laughs) but um, yeah, the the news was definitely shocking. Like maybe not to everyone, but to me, I think it was just the timing. Like we, we all assumed that if he was going to get fired, it was going to be sooner, like closer to when, when we lost to the wizards. Right. But I think for it to happen now, it tells you that KP saw guys like Stotts, uh, or Steve Clifford, Clifford become available. Yeah, those two guys. I think he, he definitely had a his eye on a few people. And once those guys became available, I think the decision became really easy for him. And look, man, it, it's embarrassing. Like we we talk a lot about teams being a little bit dysfunctional, front offices like the Wizards, the Kings. Like we can make fun of them, but hey, man, the the Pacers are are in a spot of embarrassment right now because you know, you just fired a coach last season and now 74 games after hiring a new one, you, you have to hire a third coach. So yeah, it, it's a bad look for KP, but I will say to his credit, he took responsibility. You know, last off season, it was Simon's decision, right? I think yeah. more so to, to let Nate go, but this time KP said it, it was all on him. Like he made this hiring. He in, interviewed about 18 coaches 
but but he made the wrong decision and and he took onus on that and it's a it's a massive one for him he can't get this decision wrong yeah it was really intriguing to hear kevin pritchard's press conference today obviously you and i've had the privilege of interviewing kp earlier in the year uh and um he spoke very candidly about how it was a tough decision for him, how Nate Bjorkren took it. You know, he was as hard on himself as any coach he'd ever heard. And, and Bjorkren certainly strikes me as the type of guy that would be hardest on himself versus everyone else, which is, I guess, a, a, um, a positive trait, but um, he'll learn obviously a great deal from this, just as every coach does from their first head coaching NBA opportunity. And unfortunately this went a whole lot shorter than anyone expected it to when the hire was made. Um, KP was really strong on the need to get an established coach in for this team. Um, and we'll talk about who that could be in a moment. You've already thrown up a couple of names and I, I very much agree with you that uh, it seems like they were waiting for one shoe to drop so that they could pounce on a uh, available candidate. But I mean, the fact of the matter is that Bjorkren lost this role because he didn't deliver uh, mostly on on defense. I mean, the the offense became supercharged. Um, there are a lot of threes. There are a lot of high point totals. But you know, we were scoring 130, but giving up 140. I mean, we we laughed across the end of the season about the points totals that the team was giving up uh, without Miles on that team, with Domas um, as the sole big man on the team, and you know, the defensive effort just didn't look like it was there. Um, I think the word that was bandied around today on Twitter was schizophrenic defense um, because of all the different defensive schemes that, uh, that Bjorkman introduced. I mean, it, it sounds like he sort of, um, he outcoached himself to an extent. I think that's a, a good way to put it. And that's what KP was talking about a lot in the present. He stressed balance, right? When he's watching the playoffs now, you know, teams are putting up big numbers, but they're also being able to get stops. You watch the Suns team today. Yeah, they scored a lot, but they were also slowing the Nuggets down, right? So they made life hard for everyone but Jokic. And that's what you need. You need that balance. Nate didn't have it. Our defensive schemes, to put it nicely, were just god-awful. Like, they were bad. 140 points a game to the Wizards? That, that yeah. tells you all you need to know, right? It was bad. So um, I, I, I will say, though, that the first name we threw out there was Terry Stotts and... I hope people out there, you know, he obviously has that indie connection, but I hope people understand that he's not going to turn this defense around. The Blazers were worse than the Pacers or just about the same as the Pacers defensively. So if KP is going to make that, you know, uh, that decision to, to go with him, you have yeah. to get in a defensive-minded guy, much like it, the guy we lost in Dan Burke, right? <laughs> absolutely. And I think KP admitted as much in the press conference today where he effectively said that losing Dan Burke was the, the biggest mistake they made. Um, he reinforced a couple of points. Firstly, the Pacers are not going to hire a first-time coach again. They're not going to hire a young coach. They're going to hire an old, established, respected coach in NBA circles, a coach that the players are going to immediately respect, um, that has the runs on the board, that already has a good reputation around the league, has had, has good reputations with star players. Terry Stotts obviously has all of those qualities. So I think it would be... Remiss of us not to mention his name repeatedly because it certainly sounds like this is uh, what the Pacers are going to do. The Pacers love Indiana natives. Um, they love people that yeah. are from Indiana. They love people that have played for Indiana colleges. Um, they love people who were raised in that environment, people that you know hold those Midwest values. Uh, and it certainly seems like Terry Stotts, from all indication, is an incredible citizen, uh, a really good person, very well-liked, 
the the Blazers organization spoke extremely positively about the contribution that uh, that Terry and his wife had had on that Portland community and the amount of charity work they'd done. And I mean, with, with all of that, plus the fact that he was able to make the playoffs year on year on year with this Portland team, um, this seems like a very Pacers move. Uh, this seems like very on brand for the Pacers to hire what is uh, after going out in the limb and hiring a new coach. This is the safe option, is it not? 100%. And speaking about Indiana natives, uh, I want to bring up a guy who I wish was available in Brad Stevens. Obviously, yeah. it's it's super sad that, that oh, obviously happy for him because it seems like he didn't want to coach anymore. But man, what, what a hire that would have been. I mean, to get him would have been just amazing. But yeah, like everything you said about Terry Stott's hits. I mean, as we said, Indiana guy uh, had success in the regular season with Portland. Has struggled a little bit in the playoffs. Did make the conference finals a, a few years ago. But, you know, again, I think that, don't get me wrong, the head coach is incredibly important, as KP said, but I actually think the the biggest thing that they're going to have to worry about is the assistance. Yeah. Can you bring in a defensive guru? Because if Dan Burke doesn't want to come here, which why would he really if they let him go? He'll stay in Philly, he, of course. Exactly. But So who are you going to bring in? That's that's my biggest concern. Um, you know, I've seen people say Clifford as an assistant. I don't really think he would want to become an assistant. Maybe I'm wrong. So yeah, uh, that that's the the biggest question mark for me going into the off season. I think one of the things that Pritchard um, emphasised on the press conference today was the need to have a whole bench full of talented coaches that could bring different things to the table: an offensive minded coach, a defensive minded coach, a development coach, someone that can you know vibe with the personalities on the team. Somewhat you know the different qualities that this team had, and, and it's funny. I mean. Even though Nate McMillan was nicknamed Sarge, even though he had, um, I guess, quite a strict approach to coaching, uh, the bench was very, very well liked. The whole, the whole coaching staff. I mean, Bill Baino was extremely well liked. He he's holidaying with Miles Turner right now. Uh, I saw a post on Instagram the other day of Bill Baino and, and Miles Turner holidaying in, I think, the Caribbean somewhere or, or somewhere somewhere that looks really cool on a boat. But I mean, there's an example of this guy was an assistant coach and was clearly well-liked. Dan Burke was clearly well-liked. Popeye Jones, clearly well-liked. So, I mean, you know, even though they didn't have the success on the court, they had chemistry. And that chemistry goes all the way back to when they lifted Corey Joseph up all four, play- all f- all four other players on the floor a couple of years ago when Corey Joseph went careering out of bounds, chasing a loose ball. I mean, that's the sort of chemistry that, you want on a basketball team and and it starts from the leaders on that team. So I agree. I think they need uh, three really strong assistant coaches, potentially one of them being a young mind, someone that they can develop, someone that they can develop into a successor for Terry Stotts, who's 64 years old, I think. So doesn't have a, a great deal of time left potentially as a top level NBA coach, maybe six years, maybe seven years. Uh, he may coach into his seventies, who knows, but I mean, I think the Pacers have shown that they they can actually develop talent. So why not try and develop talent on the bench? So I, I think the the key for me would be um, Terry Stotts would be a great decision in my view, very well respected. A couple of senior assistant coaches that have been around the block for a while and then a, a more junior assistant coach that you can build up and that you can have as a successor on that bench. I think that's that's the key mix for me. 
that's kind of like the the San Antonio, what they go with a little bit. We know how many coaches have spawned off of Greg Popovich. I mean, you can name half a dozen already. So, yeah, I agree with you 100%. But it also goes back to the locker room, right? And yeah. that's another thing that I'll touch on with KP is that he talked about Al Jefferson. You know, you brought up that 17-18 team a little bit. So, Al Jefferson barely played, right? I mean, he barely touched the court, but he was such a big presence in the locker room, helping with not only Miles and Domas in the front court, but just bringing everyone together, right? So the Pacers clearly didn't have that this past season. We've talked a lot about who the leader is, um, and that's something that another guy is Udonis Haslam that he mentioned in Miami. Yeah. We saw him going absolutely mental, throwing the chair, trying to rally that team. You ask any Heat player, I'm sure they'll all talk about how important he is, even though he doesn't play, so... Um, yeah, we, we need that locker room presence, don't we? I was really surprised at how candid KP was today about the fact that he didn't see a genuine leader on this roster right now. Um, yeah. And that's something that <clears throat> that we've referenced across the, the end part of this year in that, you know, we've had players show flashes of leadership. We've had um, TJ McConnell be probably the leader on the floor a lot of the time, lifting the, a lot of the young guys up and motivating everyone around. You've seen Miles Turner sort of do the media and go into bat for his teammates and be that positive, you know, face of the franchise outward in the media. You've seen Malcolm Brogdon be a little bit more reserved, but be a, a you know, a um, stoic, respected guy with, with a lot of cachet in the locker room. Um, best player, Domas Sabonis, kind of not saying a lot. Um, not a big talker, not a big, you know, um, tell me. He's more of a show me. He goes out there and, and he, you know, shows you what he does well. But I was talking to a friend about this the other day. I mean, it's clear that um, those players weren't necessarily challenged for their faults. One of the things that came out today was, was that Bjorkeren, um seemed to either be afraid to or unwilling to challenge his best players. Um, and uh, Domas and Malcolm were listed as two of those players. We spoke during the year about Domas complaining about foul calls, about not getting back on defense, about, you know, um, jaw jacking with the referees. Uh, that's an example. I mean, we, we spoke about the need for Nate to sort of take tech fouls to kind of set an example, but at the same time, you also need to have a word to your star player to say, you set the tone. You're our two-time all-star. 